Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're getting through the week. We're going to get through it together. we got a great show planned for you. As always, DMs wide open, 24-7, 365. Any questions you got, drop them in there for us. And past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Going to open the show talking a little bit about critical thinking. Bum, bum, bum. It, it really, there's a, there's a large absence of it these days. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with the term, it's basically just meaning thinking deeper, thinking more about, looking at who says, why do they say it, who does this leave out. Uh, it's really rooted in understanding the impact that certain things have on us. Let me kind of take it in that direction because that's what I really want to talk about is critically thinking about these things in our lives that maybe we see as neutral, but really looking at how they impact us and how to really approach something. So it's going to be um, a little bit of a two-tiered piece. We, what was it, last week? We, were, we had a whistleblower come out of Facebook and Facebook and you know, some other platforms went down. That's not as meaningful to me. Although it is in that it really got us to look at the impact that it has on our mental health. And I want that conversation to continue. We talk about that a lot on Loveline, so I'm not going to get into that. But I think what I did want to talk about is just looking at these things that we've accepted into our lives that play a huge role in our lives, the amount of time we spend with them. That's kind of the way I want to look at it, with them. Yes, you spend time on the apps, but you're really spending time with them. So I want to say it like that because much like anything you spend a lot of time with, a friend, a location, a community, it's going to have an impact on your own mental health. It's going to help you see the world in a certain way. Very little in the world is neutral. So many things factor how we feel about self and other, the world, our mental health. And I want to at some point talk about that dreadful moment for a lot of parents. Most parents, when they realize their child has stumbled upon some adult material online, and a lot of that research is coming out of an amazing group called Sex Positive Families. Definitely check their work out on social media. They have... Um, Amazing resources. It's all rooted in families and parents trying to raise sex positive children, sex positive families. And we've talked about that. You know, sex negativity means sex is bad. We don't talk about it. We don't use the right languaging and we want to have a sex positive relationship. And children need that as well, which just means talking honestly and openly about what, what, what's possible, what's needed, what they're going to encounter. We know that discussing something isn't permission giving. Uh, discussing something doesn't even lead to a, in a, an increased risk of them stepping into it. In fact, it's the opposite. You know, we look at abstinence-only education, which is a lie because people do have sexuality and sex at different ages. In fact, you know, most kids graduate high school having had sex. That's the norm. I think that's about 75%. So we want to arm them with the right, right information. We know from 
absence only training, which refuses to give out accurate information that people delay having sex, but they have more problems when they finally do. Why? Because they don't have the skills. They don't know what safer sex practices are. They don't have the confidence to ask for questions or have important conversations. They don't even know how to set boundaries. And so they have higher rates of sexual violence, sexual assaults, teen pregnancy, and more STDs and STIs. So it has a worse outcome because they're not prepared. We tell people to not text while they drive and to wear a seatbelt. And that's not saying please drive fast and recklessly and get into a car accident. It's saying we know that those things happen and we want you to be safe. And so sex positivity is acknowledging this is what this is your body. These are the words for your real body. You need to know your real body and talking about how sex is a thing and it does exist. And here's what you need to know about it. Well, we want to apply that same skill set to things like, you know, our child finding adult um websites and we're going to really talk about ways to kind of encounter that but i wanted to start on the front end just about general things like social media we have to start talking critically about social media and the impact it has and we want to talk to our kids about that hey there are these platforms and they exist but they are not real life and people are only posting their best and they're photoshopping that is not how the world really operates here's how it does and then we provide alternative perspectives and visions it's kind of like people that are not white. We live in a very white supremacist culture. Everything is centered around whiteness. Everything exclusively focuses on white people. Actually, let's just go further. White cis hetero people. Well, that leaves anyone who's not cis, anyone who's trans, non-binary, gender creative, anyone who's not hetero, anyone who's bi or pan or gay, and anyone who's not white really thinking that that is how the most of the world works or operates, but that's how they do things. There's so many other ways of moving through the world. We wanna present alternative communities and identities, whether your child is gay or straight or cis or trans, it doesn't matter, that's how the world is, that's what they're gonna encounter. So we were talking on a prior show that if you raise a child, if you are of color, have a child of color, you wanna to introduce to them from birth their community, other communities, so that they have access to people that look like them. Well, we need to do that with gay and trans people as well. You don't know if your child is gay or trans, and even if they're not, their friends might be, or they will meet those people in the world. Introduce them to those communities. We have to counter what is centered and prioritized, which is able-bodied, no one has a disability on television or in ads, they're all skinnier or gym-bodied, and they're white, and they're cis, and they're hetero, but that is not actually how the world looks. It's like people that use white pictures of Jesus. Jesus wasn't white. We know that. But of course, he was presented in a white way for the white gaze, because that's all we think about, G-A-Z-E, the white perspective, the white gaze, the white you know vision. We need to diverse upon, diverse, diversify upon that. It's a tough word to say, diversify. <laughs> Anywho, we're going to take a break and then we're going to diversify our topics and we're going to keep talking about critical thought and how important it is and why it matters. So stick around for that. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling a little... Or a lot. <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right y'all we are back and uh talking a little bit about critical thinking and during the break i was doing some of my own critical thinking and I was having a lot of strong feelings about this topic. It probably didn't come through. It probably sounded super casual and on the fly. But, you know, my work gives me a beautiful and also a really dark entry point or level of insight into um, what, what happens when people aren't provided with the necessary information and confidence and communication skills around certain topics. Because I work with these individuals as adults and we're often very easily, very clearly, <clears throat> directly, not just correlation, but some direct causation, where we can see that if these individuals had been given accurate and honest information about things that really are a part of the world, how much better they'd be doing individually, but also in all of their relationships and in their careers and their pursuits of hobbies and, and mental health. But there's a lot of withholding, and I appreciate that parents are well, it doesn't really matter. Parents are given the burden of, of doing better or doing good, better than that's what's been done to them or better than what's going on in the world. And I appreciate that parents are people. We give them this label, assuming that that automatically means that there's a skill set that they have that others don't. And that's not true. <laughs> you know, anyone has the capacity of becoming a parent. That doesn't mean that they're more knowledgeable or better able to handle what's coming. And, you know, again, doing the work I do, I also empathize with how 
some children are difficult for some parents, meaning you could be the best person in the world and have the best skill set as a parent, but that doesn't mean that you and your child have compatible temperaments or compatible needs. Parents are people and they, you know, step into parenthood having to resolve things that was were created and done to them throughout their lifespan. So it's never about blame or fault, but it's about saying like, what needs to be done and how can we do it? And children need to be given more honesty, more critical thinking, meaning let's really look at the world that they're stepping into and they're a part of, and let's look at what they're going to have to deal with an encounter and give them the real needed skills. It doesn't matter whether or not, and I can't believe we're even still talking about this, but it doesn't matter whether or not you're okay with the fact that people are trans or gay. They are, and your child might be. But even if they're not, they're going to be living in a world where their roommate might be, their best friend, someone they work with or work for. This is the world. And we need to prepare people. And so I see how a lack of preparedness around sexuality, or even worse, because what's worse than not being prepared is being given a perspective or a mindset that it's bad or wrong or unsafe. And these things aren't true. Sex is a beautiful thing, much like some of the things that can happen on these social media platforms. But we have to just be honest about why they're there, the impact that they can cause, what they can create, and how to best work with them. Now remember, social media apps are businesses first and foremost, and their goal is to make money. Any industry or any business, any corporation, their first job is themselves. Their first priority is the maintenance of themselves. So always know that, that it's always gonna come down to money. So that's always gonna be the most important piece when we're talking about films and music and like lyrical content and what can happen on social media apps. It's always gonna be about making money and selling things, even if you don't realize it. That's, that's what it's always about. So if you wonder why they went in the direction they went in or why they left something out or why they don't put in specific protocols or you know whatever it is, because of money, because of how that would impact sales or their ability to promote or market something. It's always about that. So that's the first thing. Then you always you have to think about that would mean, stemming from that, that they're producing this for the general population. They're not thinking about outliers or people that are of minority status in some way or people that are... Um, oppressed or marginalized, they're always going for the gold standard. And they're often not gonna take risks. I can't tell you how many pitch meetings I've been a part of for projects that people want me to be a part of, and I turned down like 95% of everything. And it, it isn't, not only is it not taking into consideration <laughs> a lot of things that are going on politically or ethically, but it's always about targeting it to the majority and not really wanting to reinvent the wheel. People wanna play it safe and really keep capitalizing on what's doing well. And that's why a dating show does well and every network has a dating show. A cooking show does well, every network has a cooking show. Uh, fa you know, A fashion show does well, every network has a fashion show. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. We're allowed to be inspired by and take ideas from others. It doesn't mean that if someone does a cooking show and no one else is allowed to, it's an open market. That's part of capitalism is competition. Um, but I think we can be doing it in a way that has ethics. And a lot of people will think capitalism can't have ethics, and generally I do agree with that at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> but with critical thinking, that is where we try to insert some thread or level of ethics. Who is making this? Who are they making it for? Who might this be harming? Who's being left out? 
And you can think about that when you see commercials or shows. It's centering and marketing to someone. And I remember when I got my first book deal and then my second book deal, people, the, the publishers were always like, well, who's this for? And I always said to myself, I don't think in those terms. I'm just producing my work and I want to make it accessible to those that are interested in it, but I'm not marketing it towards anyone. That, that means I would start tailoring what I'm talking about and how I'm talking about it in service of making the most amount of money, but that's not my ethics. My ethics are about healing and liberation and mental health. And so I'm speaking the way I speak about the topics I speak about and the people that it's right for will be interested in and access it. And that's that. End of story. I don't look at numbers or sales. That's not my guiding metric. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the quality of the work. It does it create transformation, right? Is it challenging and creating shifts and perspectives and new ideas? That's the goal. That, those are my ethics. So critical thinking has to be rooted in some of that. Right, telling your children that that um, there's always something guiding behind this. But we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll start dropping deeper into uh, the, the adult content part. How do you prepare your children for entering a world where sexuality is a beautiful, healthy thing, but often, you know, it's misused or or we are encountering it before we're ready? How do we approach that? as parents and adults. So we'll break that down. There's a lot for everyone to learn in that as always. I try to kind of expand it. And then of course, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and uh, past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. So stick around, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we are back and we're, I guess the general topic is we're talking about critical thinking, but it's really specifically tied to, uh, and we'll get there, talking about how to, well, deal with and help our children better understand them encountering adult material, which is, let me share some stats with you. I think stats always really drive home the importance of a topic. Uh, not surprising though. Remember, we have technology. Technology gives us access to everything and anything, and uh you know, things slip through the cracks, as they say. So looking at some of the stats. Um, <clears throat> okay. American Academy of Pediatrics shows that 42%, it's a pretty high number, of 10 to 17-year-olds, it's a wide gap of age, have seen online adult material with 27% saying they intentionally viewed that material. So 27%, let's just round it. We'll say 30%-ish went there seeking. The other 10 to 12% kind of stumbled upon. In addition, uh, some stats also showed that an examination of 15 to 18 year olds found that 54% admitted to intentional viewing. It's pretty high. So let's just zero in on that one. So those that are 15 to 18, more than half actively seek and look for that. So it doesn't really matter what your thoughts are on that. Know that that is what is occurring. That is the norm. More will seek than won't. And knowing that, you want your child to be prepared to understand what it is they're about to encounter and how to stay safe and how to make sense of it. I, I, I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that as adults, we quote unquote know better, but we still have it wedged in our unconscious and it still brings an anxiety. And what I mean is when children look at adult material, they start because there's no challenging ideas or concepts, they buy into that being some version of reality or an expectation that's upon them or will be upon them because no one's there telling them otherwise. Like, hey, that is for entertainment, that is for adults, that is not how it really goes, that's not how it's supposed to go, here's the differences, here's why. Children are served by being told that. We have to tell them that about movies and video games. Hey, in the real world, we don't you know, do that with our car, drive it fast, try to pop up over a few of them, land, like you see some really 
you, we, we, have to understand, we have to help them understand some reality testing, some critical thinking. I would be doing that all day long, the things I see on television. Hey, that's not really how you treat people. Hey, that's not really how you resolve you know, conflict. It's heartbreaking what I see, and I wish adults would have more conversations about how what you're seeing is sometimes the worst case and the worst way to handle something and maybe present them with an alternative way of seeing it. Well, we need to do that with adult material as well. Again, I work with tons of adults that have been impacted by what they saw. No one ever really challenged it. And they're, you know, having relationships with other adults who know no better and they have the same expectations and things aren't really going well because no one really understands what the truth or reality is of adult sexuality and intimacy. So with what is the number 54% intentionally looking, we need them to have a good understanding of what it is they're seeing. Um, I'm gonna see if there's any other really good stats. Yeah, so here we go. So if you're talking about, okay, well, what are the unintentional ways that some of this material gets seen? Well, opening a spam email or a text, your child is gonna get sent all sorts of things. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't have cell phones. That They came out a little bit later. I know, shocking to remember a time when that happened. But uh, but my friends would steal or find or buy or borrow adult magazines and just shove it at you and be like, look at what I found. So it wasn't always intentional, but it arrives, it shows up. Also, uh, how's it inadvertently pop up? Uh, typing in a web address incorrectly you know, you Google or type in the wrong search terms, you're gonna find a wealth of adult material. Also, doing a web search for a non-sexual term that may actually also have a sexual meaning and clicking on ads. So that's profound. You know, they're searching for something that has double meaning, something that wasn't meant to be, something that was incorrectly typed, and that's gonna necessarily lead them there. So that's the other thing, it's not always intentional. And yet again, they wanna have an understanding as to what they're bumping into. So again, while sex, sexual exploration is normal, there are normative developmental milestones around this. Remember, when we become of age, which is arbitrary, every state and country often have differing age of, ages of consent. Magically, when they become 15 or 16 or 17 or 18, they don't just out of the blue develop or genetically express an understanding of adult sexuality and relationality. They're going to rely upon what they've stumbled upon, what they've been shown by their friends and whatever it is family has told them, which is often not much or very little. So sexual exploration is healthy. And as I said, the stats are that about 70, 75% of teens will graduate high school having had a sexual experience. So we want them to be ready for when that happens. Like I showed you, or like I told you, uh, states that only allow abstinence-only education, which means all they say is don't do it. They don't tell you how to do it safer, even though we know 75% of them are going to do it. What winds up happening is they don't not have sex. They delay it a little bit and they have more problems because they don't know how to ask what they want. They don't know how to discuss it. They don't know what options are. And so they have higher rates of STDs, STIs, teen pregnancy, and sexual assaults because it's a kid leading a kid. There's no adult. So adults have to bring in that critical thinking. So again, sexual exploration is normal, but it's important that children know that what they're seeing in adult material is not realistic. That's the key term. It's not bad or wrong. That is how it can be and how it exists at times, but it's just that that's not realistic. Those people are chosen for a certain reason. There are certain things happening behind the scenes that you don't see. There's a lot in there. And so that's why this, import, that's why this topic is important. And I'll just throw this final thought in there and then we gotta go. Actually, we gotta take a break, so we'll come back. We'll talk about it after our DMs. Uh, so stick around for the DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back.
All right, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs always come from DMs on our Loveline IG page. Bam, questions, topics, drop them in there. All right, this one's a long one, so uh, hang in there with us. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, my name is Eric. I've been an open gay man since I was 12. So about 13 years, so you are 25. All right, the guy I'm talking to right now is also 25, but he's not fully out yet. He told me that his parents know he's gay, but he's never brought anyone home for them to meet. He said that only a few of his friends know, and the ones that don't and the ones that don't know try to set him up with girls all the time. He said he goes out on these dates because he doesn't seem because he doesn't want to make his friends feel bad about it. I'm not pushing him to come out before he needs to, but in order for us to continue to date, I do think his friends need to respect him and not set him up with female dates. <laughs> Oh my God, is that me asking too much? Well, why are you asking that? And I honestly mean that because you're not worried about him going off with one of these females. I hope it's because of ethics. I hope you're saying that because you don't want him to misuse dating. Because dating is saying, because here's the thing, and I want everyone to hear this. Stop misusing dating. Dating is saying, I want to go on dates and possibly see if we want a relationship. If you have any other reason for being there, stop be honest. So yes, if you're interested in men and not women and you're going on dates with women, you're harming them and you're misusing dating. It is hard enough, the dating game. Too many people are getting bruised and beaten up by dating and are burnout and are tired and things like that just keep going. So there's a really a lack of empathy and ethics in going on dates with people you don't want to go on dates with or you're not interested or if you're not even available. And so I hope you're entering it from an ethical point because otherwise, why do you care? Like, let him go on dates with females if it was not non-ethical or unethical. So I appreciate that. For ethics sake, stop wasting the girl's time. Stop getting their hopes up. Stop letting them down and making them feel bad about self, other, the world, and dating. Like, that's really the issue. His friends might not be mature enough or safe enough to come out to. Awesome. So maybe that's why he's holding the boundary. But I do agree. It's just unethical and mean to go on dates with people you're not interested or even open to being with. And so I hope that's what you're leaning on. Hey, there's a better way to do that. But I hope you're not threatened because what do you be threatened by? Who cares? Let them go on dates with women. In, an, in, in another context, who cares? But I hope that that's the true meaning. And I hope he builds a better relationship with his family so that he can be his true self. That's what we gift people with. People that are worth that gift is letting them know who we really are and um, you know, really bringing them into a part of our life, like letting them meet people we're dating. Bums me out, makes me sad. They're missing out on being a part of his life. His friends too. So be better, friends. You never know. One of your friends might be gay and you're not safe enough to be told. Well, what kind of friendship is that? What kind of relationship is that? Where they're withholding parts of themselves. It's hard enough being gay still in the world where it's not safe. Still a very homophobic world. And people are still being raised, unable to talk about who they are and to fully embody that. And so they're always living half of their life and hoping to find safe spaces to bring out the rest of their life, which they need to then go back in a little bit in ongoing unsafe environments, which still exist. It's still illegal in many places around the world to be gay. You can be killed or imprisoned. So remember that we don't live in a world where this doesn't matter anymore. It's like someone said, it's easier to come out as gay than it is to come out as conservative. Uh, that's not true. You don't get murdered for being conservative in certain countries. It's not illegal. You don't get a bottle thrown at your head for walking down the street for being a conservative. It is not the same thing. And it is not easier to come out as gay than conservative. That is not true. You're not going to get kicked out of your home. And if you do, well, maybe you should think about how bad your politics are. I don't know. It's a topic for another day. But that comparison is pretty gross and pretty homophobic itself. 
but I know that that was not what this question was about. But yeah, tell them it's unethical. Tell them it's freaking mean. Tell them it's a turnoff to be misusing dating and others. Tell them to set a boundary with his friends that he doesn't want dates anymore. And um, support him in holding the boundaries he has to hold and then maybe opening up and disclosing more to his parents if they really want to have a you know role in his life. But be supportive. I'm glad you had a you know easier, better path, but um that's not everyone's. Everyone's is not as smooth and supportive as yours. So great for you. You know, your parents were raised well and raised you well. God bless. But they also live in a world in which it's a lot safer, easier. So all right, y'all, that is that. Uh we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna come back. But um DMs, always open. Whatever you're wondering about, drop them in there. Topics, questions, and uh, we are channelq.com. It's where you want to go to check out other shows. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about how to uh, approach that difficult conversation of talking to kids and the young ones about sex. It's good stuff. Stick around. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Alrighty, we are back and uh, talking about critical thinking, but more importantly, really educating and arming uh, children and adults to really better understand and have the resources to encounter all the things they're gonna encounter in the world. We talk all the time about how television, video games, social media, pornography, all these things are mental health issues and they are, everything is. But it's not about removing things that sometimes we bump into and, and harm us a little bit. These things inherently can have a neutrality or a positive impact. All these are different forms of art and uh, technology and can really enhance our lives, add some beauty, just sometimes add some joy and pleasure. That's, that's meaningful. But we don't want them to harm us and that we can't get rid of everything that harms some people, especially things that have alternative values. Like porn is important. Porn does tell us what we value and where we are culturally in that moment, what the, the kind of porn we make, who's in it, what it focuses on, excuse me, what it focuses on is a cultural artifact. Even if I look at porn right now, we're, we're being more uh, sex positive, body positive. We're including bodies of color and larger bodies. We're queering it. That is a reflection of what's going on in this cultural moment. It is worthy of study. Porn is art. It is art. It's been with us since the beginning of time. Everything finds its way into art. And we can't put any more... Let's not see one kind of art as any different from all kinds of art. They all serve a really powerful point and purpose and are very much a counterbalance to a lot of things that are happening in our world and culturally. Porn is a counterbalance to our sex-negative, sex-phobic culture. As soon as we've resolved and integrated our problematic relationship with sexuality, porn won't need to exist in the way that it does, but it's there right now for a very strong purpose, and it's a communicator. And porn is not all bad. And porn is not, it does not involve sex traffic, people that are sex trafficked. You want to really worry about people that have a high incidence of sex trafficking. That often happens also in the agricultural world. People being brought in and really abused and trafficked to be workers in the fields, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what we're talking about is porn that is being run by and only has consenting adults within it. Porn now does have agents that help with contracts. Porn companies do now lie on ethics. There's a, there's a lot of that woven in there. So it's very different. Feminist porn does exist. I promote it all the time, but we're not trying to get into that as much as we're getting into what do we need to do or what do we need to think about so as to educate our children. The first, first thing is we just want to normalize sexuality. Sexuality is not bad. It's how we encounter it and what we do with it. Dating also has some bad components. Look at the relationships people have. Look at how some will harm others just through their dating relational process. They're abusive verbally, mentally. They harm people physically, psychologically. 
sex is no better or no worse. It's, it's very much a vehicle that has the ability to harm or to heal as well. Porn can be very healing for individuals that don't see themselves reflected back as valuable or desirable or attractive, et cetera, et cetera. So we want to normalize sex exists. It's healthy, but we want to make it age appropriate that that is not something that youth are ready for. But the first step is just reducing the shame. And the way we do that is by talking about it openly and confidently. So adults that are going to talk to kids about sex need to practice. You don't want to come in hot. You don't want to come in scared. You don't want to come in anxious. So if you're an adult who has children and needs to talk to them about critical thought and skills around adult content and sexuality, you need to practice. Talk to yourself about it. Talk to your friends about it. Talk to your partner about it. Just keep talking about it so that you get confident in using those words. Because there's nothing wrong with talking about anatomy with the right terms. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging sexuality, but you have to normalize it. Then you have to talk about what they might encounter. What are the things out in the world that exist that they might see? Online is going to be the main resource or source, I should say, entry point for youth and adolescents. So you want to acknowledge that that exists. It's not permission giving. doesn't mean they're going to go look for it, but it does exist. And as we talked about in the earlier segment, it pops up in various ways. People typing in the wrong address, people typing in the wrong search terms, clicking on a pop-up, a friend sending them something, one website leading to another. So that's going to happen and you want them to be prepared to understand what it is they're seeing. So talk about all the different ways that it can show up and what to do if and when that happens. What do you do if a friend sends you something? What do you do if you click on a, a link and it leads you to an adult website? You don't want your kid to feel bad or feel shame if that happens. There's nothing wrong with that. It'll happen accidentally and also intentionally. Children are curious. They're going to want to see what all of that is. So we don't want to shame curiosity and we don't want to shame unintentional exposure. We want to say, listen, it exists. It's there. You will see it at some point. Here's the ways that it sometimes pops up and here's how you want to deal with it. And also here's how you want to think about it. It's interesting. It's scary. I'm not ready for that. I am ready for that. I have questions. You want to let your child know you can come talk to me and ask me questions. Now, the way that that's really taught or told or enforced is not just that you say those words that you can talk to me, you can ask me questions, but the way you are when they approach you with the topics and the questions. You have to present as safe. You have to present in a way that keeps saying, it is safe to approach me. I will not shame you. I will not yell at you. I will not punish you. Because if you do yell or you do punish, you do shame, you're saying to them, I am not safe for you to come to to talk to about this or anything else. So that's the first part. You have to be very approachable in that way. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and keep talking about what are the things you want to think about so as to, you know, really be ready to help provide some critical thinking to your child around adult content. So uh, stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we are back and uh, talking about critical thinking, talking to our children about adult content and sexuality, pornography, kind of dropping in all of it. Um, so many resources that are available. So, you know, for those that are going to be talking to their kids about life and all the things they're encounter, access some resources. It's always about leading with some confidence, you know, having some answers to questions or even doing it together. But it's always, you know, two different things happening. There's one. On one hand, the educational piece that you are actually trying to educate your child or individuals. But then the second piece is you're working on your relationship with your child. How we approach difficult topics is also about the kind of relationship we have or want to have with our child or whoever this individual is in the world that we're talking about. 
you're moving through that discussion, always communicating to them, I'm a safe resource or I'm not. This is something we can all feel confident about or we can't. So just be aware of that. The delivery of it all matters as much as what's being delivered. The process and the content both matter. Um, so we're talking honestly, we're letting people know we're approachable, we're doing our own education so that we feel like we have a calm, cool entry point. Um, but we're also trying to deliver this sense that judgment-free, that I as an adult, as your caregiver, am a resource and you can come talk to me about things, right? And I think it's always important also throw in there, this these conversations aren't one-offs. It's not, ah, we did it, check. You know, we have the birds and the bees talk or we talked about sex and dating or we talked about pornography or whatever it was. These are things that are ongoing and these topics are gonna come up and into the world in a lot of different ways and every time it comes up, how you continue to engage it and what you do around it, how you present around it. Am I scared, am I confident, am I comfortable? Am I answering questions? That also is part of what we're discussing, the overall relationship and the topic. Um, so it's gonna be something we're gonna have to go into more than once. And I think what's really important, if nothing else, to drive home is that none of these things are good or bad. They just exist, they're part of the world. And it's, what, it's, it's your knowledge about it and how you use it that matters. And one of the things we always wanna talk about is just the distinction between how real adult sexuality and relationships happen and don't happen versus what we see in any kind of media, pornography, but even other films. I, I, I don't have a teenager, but if I did, and we were watching some of these dating shows, I would also use those as moments to say, hey, listen, let's talk about how so-and-so just dealt with that. That's not a healthy, loving way or an adult way of handling disappointment or frustration, right? Like I'd wanna be calling out all these pieces or the, you know, what, that, what that person just said isn't actually true or no, not everyone believes it or sees it that way. Because a lot of what we see on television is just the, the, regurg the regurgitation and the revisitation of a lot of really problematic bad behavior. Look, television goes for entertainment. They will always air and focus on the more dramatic components, always. And so you're always gonna see a very dramatized and even at times fantastical version of what life really looks like. And so we wanna bring critical thinking to not just porn and adult content, but we also wanna bring it to anything related to sex, dating, relationships, identity, gender. Because again, otherwise you're leaving it in the hands of the people that are writing and producing these things and they're no better. That's why I don't watch shows. People will tell me, oh, there's a new show about, or a TV show or a movie about sex or dating and I'm always like, I am a scholar in that field. I do it many hours a week. I'm not interested in some random writer's interpretation of what that world might be like or is like. And I want adults to know that as well. That's not real. That's not even always based on firsthand experience. A lot of it's based on archetypes and stereotypes and cultural norms and values and tropes. And we want to be able to poke holes in some of that and dissect that and talk about other ways of being, better ways of being. Also, a lot of these shows and adult content never, ever, ever, ever get into consent or even boundaries because that's all decided ahead of time off camera and even decided sometimes on camera, but that's edited out. And so we just see people going with some flow uh, not asking questions, not checking in. And when we're talking about porn, that's very important. In real world relationships, we want people to get familiar checking in. But porn and a lot of things in movies runs on autopilot. It runs on a lot of mind reading. No one's ever stopping and saying, hey, when's the last time you were checked for STDs or STIs? I've never seen that in a movie or in porn on camera. I've never seen someone saying, how does that feel? Do you want to continue? I've never seen someone saying, stop, this isn't feeling good for me. I, no one's getting firsthand or secondhand experiences of that. 
Porn doesn't focus on that. Porn doesn't show the failures and the letdowns where someone isn't getting the erection they wanted or hoped for, or someone isn't enjoying sex and then decides to stop it. They're also never showing aftercare, where afterwards we don't just throw our clothes on and run out. We can still savor the moment, sit in the moment, and honor that we just had a moment. All of those things are always left out and ignored. And I think the relational part of all this is the most important. Also talking to people about how to deal with arousal. I think that's part of why we see a lot of sexual assault. A lot of males and penis owners aren't trained in how to allow arousal and, and realize nothing needs to be done. We could be aroused or turned on by something and do nothing with it, but acknowledge it and move on. But we often don't see that talked about either. So there's a lot we need to talk about and bring in about what it really looks like. Um, because again, otherwise, where do you think someone would get the confidence to have those conversations? Or where do you think someone gets the script or the languaging to ver verbalize and vocalize those conversations? We have to give that, we have to provide that. If it's not shown on television or in porn, it's absolutely not shown in schools in our you know abysmal sex education, it falls on the caregivers. But they don't necessarily know. I don't expect everyone to inherently know that either. Again, that's not something that we just genetically have encoded in us. It's something we have to pick up along the way and we have to be better than, you know, maybe what our own experiences have been or the poor education we've had. Um, I think in terms of also mental health and body positivity, we want to talk more about the kind of bodies, shapes and sizes that we're seeing in porn as well. That those actors are doing the work they do because they're good at the work they do and that's because of the way they're built or the way that they're functioning and that uh, standard human beings aren't necessarily going to look that way or function that way that we will have erectile disappointment she'll never see that on camera that's edited out or that's worked around you're not going to like i said see the consent you're not going to see people that have um such hyper expressive body shape sizes sounds smells and confidence it's very much on steroids. We have to take a little break, though. Let's take a little break. We'll come back. Stick around. We'll keep talking about this, and then uh, we'll close out on some DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're back, and uh, just kind of finishing up our discussion about critical thinking and adult content and adult material, and we're really looking at how you know, our understanding of the world is something that's instilled in us. And that's based on all the experiences we have and the things that people educate us on. And we need someone to sit us down and really talk to us about reality, especially around things that are kind of uh, culturally filled with a lot of anxiety and a lot of really bad education, like sex and relationships. I can't tell you how many times I hear bad advice, especially from a lot of these people that aren't really trained in the field and they're just kind of perpetuating some bad stereotypes or I don't know, making it up. I don't know where they're pulling some of this from, but certainly we're not seeing it on television, really good relational skills, problem solving. And we're really kind of zeroing in, you know, more specifically on porn and just really talking about the differences and what that is and what happens in real life because it should be left to be something that's just fun, entertaining, related to pleasure, but not anything that someone's using as a metric for how the real world or real sex operates. Um, so we're, we're just kind of itemizing some of these things. We're also talking about like, hey, how about, you know, sex for most people does have more of an emotional impact or emotional content or even emotional thread in there, where in movies and porn, that's not what it's about. And that's not what's expressed or shown or highlighted. Although, thankfully, we now do have what we call more feminist porn, or we call it feminist porn, where it operates under the female gaze, G-A-Z-E, the female gaze, the female perspective, the female vision. 
And it does have a little more emotionality. It is a little bit slower. It's not so penetratively obsessed, if even at all. Because again, sex is so much bigger than just penetration. But that's another thing we have to talk to kids about. Sex is more than just penetration. Penetration isn't the goal. Penetration isn't what makes it true, real, adult, or correct. That's just one of many ways in which it can happen. But we still obsess about that as the gold standard or what we're trying to do or get to. Um, the communication piece, again, I wish people... Um, in porn and in movies during sex we're talking more it tends to be something where they're silent and they're just focused and they're just doing what they do and it's like well people are having lots of thoughts and feelings around that during that within that and none of that's brought up or in or discussed that doesn't kill sex that, it's like one of the rare areas of life where we're, we, we feel as though we're not really allowed to talk about anything or really be in the moment we have something to do. Or in any other area, you're allowed to weigh in on what you're thinking, feel, you're needing. But sex with your partner tends to be something we go into silence and we dissociate from. And we, we don't really know how to just occupy authentic, honest space within it. We need to get better about that. Uh, positions is another one. You know, again, there's people that are very flexible and have a lot of practice and are very familiar. And sex isn't always so over the top. It, it really, really, really shows up in ways that I think a lot of people can watch and think, how do I even learn how to do that? Not knowing that sex isn't something that we do. It's something we experience. It's something we're a part of. There is no right way or wrong way. And we just get these images and, and ideas in our head as to what it's supposed to look like. And then we feel bad when it doesn't. How about talking about the fact that sex can be awkward and weird? That it isn't always spontaneous. That people maybe take breaks and come out to it. Maybe it's scattered and, you know, kind of sprinkled um, throughout, throughout the day. But kind of landing uh, this wider topic in the airplane, the key takeaways are really gonna be get educated and confident so that you're not approaching an already anxiety-inducing topic with a lot of anxiety and possibly spiking the other person, your child, who you're talking to about this is anxiety. Really normalizing this is an okay topic using the correct terms and terminology for things. That's very empowering. Also talking about options and alternatives, that there's so many different ways that these things can look or take place that what you tend to hear, you tend to see isn't the only way or necessarily the right way or correct way. Talking about the diversity of bodies and, and ways sex can show up. Even talking about asexuality, how not everyone even has interest in sexuality and how people can be attracted to people of all genders right? Like really widening the scope. So we're not just seeing a lot of cis hetero penetrative sex. Really important for people that are asexual to really start getting some confidence in that earlier on and knowing that that's, that that exists and that there's nothing wrong with that. And just really understanding that sex isn't bad, but we've really handled it in a way where everyone's anxious and we've made it something to protect ourselves from, but that if we're armed with accurate and honest information and we know how to set boundaries and we know who we are and what we like and we take care of ourselves, that that doesn't have to necessarily be the experience. But also giving people confidence to be able to speak up when they are having a bad experience with their partner, with people that care about them, and more importantly, you as the caregiver or the parent, letting them know that you're a resource for them to come to. But all of that is determined by the way that you discuss and show up to this topic. It's not what you say, it's also the way you say it that really indicates to them unconsciously, hey, 
I'm calm, I'm chill, I'm cool. Like I'll always be here to talk about this with you. You know, I'm not gonna make you feel bad or shame you. I'm not gonna shut you down. I'm not gonna punish you for just going through normal developmental stages of having sex or finding sexuality online or whatever it is, or even just hearing it secondhand through someone else and having a lot of questions. Because um, yes, Google does work, but there's a lot of messy, bad uh, information and material out there. So that's why I want caregivers to be able to kind of fill in those gaps, but you have to do your homework too. All right, coming up next, we're gonna slide into those DMs. So as always, if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any questions you got, topics you want us to cover or things you want us to drop deeper into, always happy to hear from you. And uh, we are channelq.com. It's where you wanna go for past shows, binge, post, re-listen, share. Just scroll down, look for the link, bam, click on it. But uh, otherwise, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we are back and uh, now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs are always open on our, uh, what is it? On our Loveline IG page. Anything you're wondering about, bam, drop it in there. Questions, topics. All right, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, at what point do you need to tell someone, someone that you're talking to about someone else that you're talking to? For example, I am single and I'm actively dating a few different people. They do know that I'm dating, but they don't know that I'm having sex with them. <laughs> if I'm safe about it, getting tested regularly, et cetera, is it important to tell them or can I keep that private? That's your business. You get to have privacy and boundaries. Um, a couple things. Number one, you are responsible for your own sexual health and wellness. So I'm saying this to everyone. If you are having sex with any human beings in the world of any kind, you need to ask the right question. You cannot expect them to just make disclosures. Yes, I want everyone listening to make necessary disclosures, but I also want you to all know that not everyone operates from that ethic of transparency and care. And so you need to ask. You are responsible for yourself. So before you have sex with someone, you need to ask, when's the last time you were tested for STDs or STIs? Ah, thank you for that answer and what kind of safer sex practices do we want to use what are we going to be doing what are we getting into bam and then you have to just trust that they're going to be honest 
But we don't need to just tell someone we're having sex with, just so you know, I'm having sex with other people. They don't need to know that. That's up to you if you want to share that. But you do need to let them know if they're going to come in contact with any STDs or STIs that you're aware of. And so you just say to them, yeah, I was tested, blah, blah, blah. Here's the status. Or I haven't been tested in a while. Here's what safer sex practice options we have. And you move on. But you don't need to say who, where, what, when, why, and how, unless you want to. Because we don't even know what that means. You're having sex with other people. Okay, well, I don't know what that means. If you've been testing using safer sex practices with all the partners, well, then that's all they really need to know about. Um, but if you do feel like someone maybe is wrong about what they're thinking, it's okay to correct them and give them some information. If someone thinks you're monogamous and you're not, we do, people are in our care when we are dating them or friendshipping them or romancing them or whatever it is. So it is okay to give them informed consent, which means they can only consent to whatever they're aware of. And it's okay to give them a little more information if you think it would help them. Back when I was dating, if I thought someone liked me more than I liked them, or I thought, or if I thought they thought it was going in a direction it's not, I lovingly told them, hey, just so you know, I'm only looking for something casual. It seems like you're wanting something more serious. Or the opposite, hey, I'm looking for something really serious. It seems like maybe you're wanting something more casual. Can we talk about that? Like, I was honest and loving and caring. So that is mandatory. I do want you to be aware of what's going on and honest with them, but I don't think we need to just vomit it out and, and necessarily offer it if we don't think there's anything for them to learn from it. We, we do get to have boundaries and we do get to have privacy. It's important to point that out. And remember, dating is about seeing if you want a relationship with anyone. Yes, we are responsible and in a relationship of sorts with anyone we're dating or friendshipping or whatever it is, but we're not in a committed monogamous exclusive relationship just because we are hanging out. Dating is to see if you are compatible enough with anyone to want to do that. Dating has to have that discussion before it elevates to that page, right? You are not in a monogamous or committed exclusive relationship unless you've asked that and it's been confirmed. We need to not make those assumptions because dating is about being out there seeing multiple people. So if you're dating someone, you should assume that they're dating other people as well well until or unless it's been discussed that we're not and if that's what you're looking for make that need known and it's okay to tell someone i'm not there yet or i don't want that or i have to get to know you more or, i'm not ready or i don't know but we need to talk about those things but we also get to like i said have privacy and boundaries we don't need to just give them the full rundown of who where what when and why and how but you have to let them know what it is they need to know yes i'm seeing others because they asked or yes, I'm having sex with other people and that's why we're using safer sex practices. Which ones do you want to use? Or here's when I was last tested. Just, just got to be honest to the extent that you know based on what's relevant in the moment. And for those that do have a status that's positive for STDs or STIs, you do want to make that disclosure when you're about to be intimate with someone in a way that sets them up for contact with whatever part of you is carrying that disease or infection. Yeah, that, that is something you do need to disclose. It is on them to ask, it's also on you to disclose. And I don't agree that if they don't ask, we don't have to say anything. It's called empathy, it's called care. We, that is unethical, I'm sorry. And all the people in the fields of SDs and SCIs pretty much cross the board agree with that. So please do make that disclosure. Um, all right, Joel, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's got a question, drop it in the DMs. Read listens over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the show and click on it. Be kind to yourselves and those around you. Life can be hard enough, especially right now. So please, more kindness. But as always, y'all, thanks for hanging out and y'all enjoy the rest of your night. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 